what did you see any sort of differences in the way you know that sail away was done or um and this is was this your first time on the wonder yes so cruise breakdown is that was the only one on the wonder three on the magic and then six on the fantasy the first major difference is there was no desire to get in the pool DCL Duo fans, we want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and love the experience and service we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, Disney vacation, or really any cruise or land-based vacation, head over to touringplans.com travel for a free quote. Let them know that the DCL Duo sent you to help support our show, but we're confident that you are going to have the same great experience that we do when we use Touring Plans Travel. So thanks Touring Plans Travel for sponsoring the show and now on to our episode welcome back everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast and on this week's show we are excited to welcome in a newer listener who's fallen in love with our show and who we love to see pop up all over the place on our facebook feeds and and that sort of stuff so i want to start by welcoming willie to our show welcome willie hey brian how you doing thank you for having me We are so excited to chat with you, Willie. For our listeners, Willie is the partner boyfriend of our friend Rebecca, who is on the Plus Platoon with me. And so Willie watches the Plus Platoon and is a supporter of that show and started uh, listening to our podcast after seeing me on the Plus Platoon and has now become a loyal listener to the DCL duo. So really fun to have you, Willie. Yep. Excited to be here. Well, Willie, you have a very interesting background in terms of your love of Disney Cruise Line and the parks. And so we always start our show with that. How did you fall in love with Disney Cruise Line? So this is a a very funny story. It was 2012. I was just finishing my freshman year in college um, and I stayed home for college. I'm from Miami and I stayed and went to the University of Miami. And I think I was actually studying for finals. So it was around this April, May time. And my mom comes into my room and says, I booked our summer vacation. And so I just let her finish. And she goes, we're going on a Disney cruise. And I literally rolled my eyes and said, what? I'm a college student. I, I, I don't know why, why I would have fun on a Disney cruise. Um, at the time, my little brother was, I believe, nine. And my little sister was about to turn two. Actually, well, when we were going to be on the cruise, she was turning two. And needless to say, I was the one that had the most fun on the cruise of the three children. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that cruise, it's not any sort of exaggeration, but it really did. It changed my life. I grew up, you know, in Florida going to Disney World once a year at least, but that cruise just, it reignited the love for Disney and just wanting to be at the parks and wanting to go on the cruise. And I've never had a post-vacation blues like I did after that cruise. I was just every day I would think, oh, this time yesterday or last week, I was doing this um, at Cabana's or on the pool deck or in O'Gills, because our first cruise was on the Disney Fantasy at a Port Canaveral as a seven night Eastern Caribbean cruise. Oh yeah, you started at the top. Of, you started at the top of the list for uh, Disney cruises. <laughs> well, our first cruise was a seven night Eastern yes. Caribbean cruise. So yeah, exactly. I feel a like it's one. the pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the ship was brand new. It was that maiden year, 2012. It came out in March, I believe. Um, so that was the inaugural season of that cruise ship and. Yeah, we did start at the top. And, you know, every summer between 2012 and 2018, we took a Disney cruise. And in 2013, we took a Thanksgiving, a a bonus cruise for Thanksgiving in addition to our summer one. That was on the Magic. And then in 2018, we also took one in April on the Magic in addition to our summer cruise. But every summer between 2012 and 2018, we were on a Disney cruise. Wow. So, so wait, how, so you were in college for your first Disney cruise. And so, how many Disney cruises have you now taken over what period of time? So between 2012 and 2020, 10. I've completed 10. And so just going through them quickly, 2012 was the Eastern Caribbean on the Fantasy. 2013 was the Western Caribbean on the Fantasy, Seven Nighter, as well as a Five Night on the Magic out of Miami for Thanksgiving. 2014, 15, 16 were all Seven Nights on the Fantasy in the summer. 2017 is my personal favorite cruise. It was the 10 Night Southern Caribbean on the Fantasy. 2018 was a Marble Day at Sea. 
my first one in April. It was actually originally scheduled for the original release date of Infinity War. And then they moved the Infinity War release date to the week before. And I was crushed because I said, wow, I'm going to premiere at sea on a Marvel Day at Sea cruise. And then that summer, we took our Alaskan cruise in 2018. And then we didn't do one in 2019. Um, but then 2020, I got to take Rebecca on her first cruise in February. Um, and it was just her and I. And it was out of Miami as well. And it was uh, Marvel Day at Sea on the Magic. And it was about two weeks before the shutdown. Yeah, say right before the shutdown. Wow. Well, that's unfortunate to get on a cruise and catch the bug. And then, yeah, we haven't been sailing again for 18 months almost. Wow. Yeah. Well, Willie, what is it that you loved or what, what, what is it that caused you to fall in love with, the, with Disney cruising? There's, there's so many parts to this answer, but I think they all cumulatively amount to the magic and the feel on board the ship. There really is just a feel of vacation disconnection. You know, there's no Wi-Fi unless you choose to willingly pay for it. That's an amazing feature. You have no reason to be on your phone. You're, you're disconnected at sea. You're in an ambiance with, with the characters and, and the feel of the ship and, and the entertainment. And then you add in all the great food and all, all the things to do, you know. I look forward to those cruises to truly be on the ship. The itinerary now doesn't matter as much to me as just being on the ship, you know, getting to see characters. We don't really spend time when we're in the park seeing the characters because we know we can see them on the ships and we're usually better dressed and, and getting to take <laughs> a bunch of pictures and you, you get the picture package on the ship. And it's just, it's, it really is the magic and the feel. Uh, there is no vacation for me. Like that's, that is the truest form of vacation for me. And you also are a DVC owner, is that right? Yes. And, you know, going back to my answer about that 2012 cruise, that cruise paved the way for everything, including DVC. I bought two of my three contracts on board the ship. I remember, and not to get too much into my DVC story, but my first year uh, working when I started my career in public accounting, I made it a goal that my parents had done so much for us growing up that I was going to buy DVC so that we could continue traveling to the parks. And that was going to be on me. And so in 2016, when we took that summer cruise, I had run all the numbers and got on board ready to buy. Very lucky that it was a Polynesian, which is one of my favorite resorts. Um, and so I bought DVC at the Polynesian in 2016. And then in 2017, they announced Copper Creek, which is one of my mom's favorite resorts. And I said, you know, I got to buy a contract there too, even if it's just for our favorite time of year, which is Thanksgiving to be at uh, Disney World. So I bought a contract there. But again, that 2012 cruise really set all this in motion. Wow. What's your third contract? Is it at one of the same ones or do you have it at a different home resort? Different. I, I uh, bought one earlier this year at Riviera. I fell in love with the resort, the beauty of it, the restaurants. Rebecca loves coffee and she loves the little lounge there um, near the lobby area. And, you know, those tower studios for us are just so attractive. We are very much minimalist, I guess you would say. And we love that everything in those rooms has a purpose. And so we bought a, a contract there so that we could enjoy tower studios at the 11th month mark for quite some time. And we actually have a first day for Memorial Day weekend coming up. So we, we can't wait. Well, Willie, what strikes me is that your story is so similar to ours. We went on a cruise in 2019 with, uh, with a friend who had been a longtime Disney cruiser. 2018, that's right. 2018 with a, a friend who'd been a longtime Disney cruiser and the chips just fell from there. We, we went on the cruise, we went on several cruises and we became annual pass holders and DVC members. So a cruise line will hook you. It'll hook you fast. <laughs> Such a great experience. Well, I know Sam wanted to talk to you tonight about your Alaska experience. Sam, where, where do you want to start there? Yeah. So I wanted to talk Alaska because this is one of the cruises that we have not been on. And I'm not sure that we've talked about it on the show before, but I wanted to we I want to start with who went on the trip to Alaska and when when was this trip? It was so I, the, the, the trip began in Vancouver. That's where Disney sails out of for the Alaska itinerary. And we flew out June 30th. 2018. We flew out into Vancouver and we spent the very next day, July 1st, uh, just kind of walking around the Vancouver area near our hotel, which was not too far from the port, about 10 minutes. Got a little taste of the Vancouver area, the downtown Vancouver area. And then we boarded the ship on July 2nd. So it was a July 4th cruise, uh, something that, that I personally love. Awesome. That came, yeah, that came from our 2017 10 night cruise when we were there for July 4th and we got a bonus set of fireworks. So two sets of fireworks on that cruise. So we said, we got to go July 4th again for the Alaskan cruise, knowing that there's no fireworks in those itineraries because of the uh, respect for, for nature and, and the animals out in those areas. And so we were on there from July 2nd through July 9th. And then we spent about another three or four days seeing Vancouver, going um, into Grouse Mountain, which I believe is also in Canada. 
and kind of seeing the different areas of the Northwest. And as to your question is who went, it was uh, both my parents and my siblings and myself, the five of us. Awesome. What'd you think about Vancouver, Willie? You said you got to spend a little time there. What'd you, um, what'd you think? What'd you think of the city and what'd you do? Vancouver was very nice. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been to Toronto and Vancouver. I think I walked away from that saying Toronto is very much more the New York of Canada. I felt Vancouver was much more like a smaller city in America, smaller, big city. So kind of more like a, a Miami in the sense that big city, but not on the level of, of New York City and, and Times Square. I really enjoyed Vancouver. So where did you all stay in Vancouver? Uh, it sounds like you had at least one night on the front end or maybe even two nights on the front end and then three or four nights on the back end. Yeah. So we stayed at the same resort and it was two nights going in and I think it was four on, on the back end and it was at the Westin uh, in downtown Vancouver. So right near the uh, Vancouver professional soccer team stadium. Yeah. Right near another famous park and a lot of museums and very close to the port. So we, we, we got a taxi the very next morning with, for all our luggage. I think we needed two taxis because of our group size and, and the amount of luggage we had. And it was, just, it was a 10 minute drive to the port. I know that there is a, a hotel there in Vancouver that is basically walking distance to the port. You can see the port from your room. That is very popular. I, I can't remember the name of it. The, there's the Four Seasons that's literally across the street from the port. And it is, it is really nice. I think there's actually one other hotel. There's a couple of hotels. Yeah. yeah, there's just a couple of hotels like literally across the street from the uh, the port. So, And for all you listeners out there, as a part of our port series, we are going to record an episode on Vancouver with uh, with a local who lives up there. And then Sam and I have gone up there a bunch. And so we've got tons of recommendations and places to stay up there. But yeah, there are a bunch of, um, bunch of hotels right across the street from the port. And how did you guys land on the Westin? Did you do some research? Are you sort of loyal Westin stayers? Because, you know, some people have like a particular brand of hotel um, that they like to stay at or they've got rewards at. How did you guys land on your hotel um, and the location? Sure. So the honest answer is points. I think 2018 was a very busy year for me work-wise traveling. I accumulated a lot of points in the Marriott brand and we kind of did our research of just hotels in the area when we realized that we could at least cover the front half of the trip on points. Um, and then looking at the reviews of the Westin, it was actually that the pictures were beautiful. And then when we arrived, it was, it was just like the pictures. Um, if I were to go back and do a Alaska cruise, I would without a doubt book that, that hotel again. Staff was amazingly kind and friendly, uh, very helpful. But the, the answer is it, it, it came down to points. We had points in the Marriott line. So we were able to cover the first two nights on those points. And then we said, you know what? We're going to be there before. Let's just be there after. It was comparable pricing. And so we just we just stayed with it. Yeah, that's really smart. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that people should think about for, you know, where they stay whenever they're heading out on a, a cruise or, um, you know, any kind of vacation is, you know, what is what is economical? What makes sense? And if you've got rewards points someplace and it do, it's not the hotel that you can book through Disney, okay, no big deal. As long as it's in a nice neighborhood, as long as it's convenient to the port, and as long as it's convenient to other kinds of amenities, particularly if you're, you know, in a downtown area, that's going to be super easy. And from Vancouver, just for anyone who hasn't been there, getting a cab or an Uber in Vancouver is you know, quite easy. So, and just to add to that, when we went, I don't think Uber was allowed to uh, conduct business at that time. So we actually, we were, you know, used to using Uber, especially me. I lived in downtown Miami. I was very used to using Uber to and from work at times um, instead of walking when it was raining. And so despite all that, it was still very easy to, to use a cab. And that's one of the things about the Westin is the, uh, the bell staff there, they were so good about helping us get those cabs. They'd bring them in for us and they'd load our bags. And they were just so professional, so kind, so helpful that just another one of the reasons why I, I'd highly recommend that that hotel. Let, yeah, let's talk about the cruise. Okay. So walk us through, you get to the port. How is the check-in process? So without going too much into the port, it's it's so different. It's very the cab brings you in, you kind of go underground, it feels like, or maybe just a garage and they pull you right up to like the doors. And the next thing you know, you're you're like right there, you're inside the the, the check-in area. You go through a similar check-in to a, a non-Disney port. So I've cruised out of three ports, uh, Port Canaveral, Vancouver, and Miami. And in terms of the check-in process, it's much more similar to a Miami because the port isn't theirs and they don't own the terminal. 
And so you don't have all the Disney everywhere around you. But when you get to to the heart of it, the check-in process is all the same. You have all your, your individual lines for your different uh, castaway club levels for the concierge and similar boarding processes where they give you the tickets and then they call you on board. Um, I believe we went straight on board because we kind of waited around to, to leave the hotel right at our boarding times to just give that cushion that by the time we actually got in and finished checking in, we would go straight onto the ship. So that's kind of what happened to us. And then one of the beautiful things about it is when you board that ship and part of the ship faces downtown Vancouver, but then the other side of the ship faces the mountains. And so we were we, we got on board and we started taking pictures right away. We went, um, our normal process to boarding a ship is run to like a cabana's and, and make sure to enjoy the, the cabana's lunch on the first day. But for this one, we went straight up to the pool deck and, and just started taking pictures uh, right after we boarded. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, a very different experience than going out of Port Canaveral, right? Because you don't have that backdrop. Out of, not that it's not a nice backdrop but uh, out of Port Canaveral, but it's it's not the same as seeing the mountains on the city of Vancouver behind you. So. So let's talk about, um, so you take some pictures. Tell us about day one, sail away. Is there any, I know you've been on a lot of Caribbean cruises. And so what, did you see any sort of differences in the way, you know, that sail away was done or, um, and this is, was this your first time on the Wonder? Yes. So cruise breakdown is, that was the only one on the Wonder, three on the Magic, and then six on the Fantasy. The first major difference is there was no desire to get in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) A little chilly. Yeah. What was the weather like, Willie? (laughs) Um, You know, for for you all, you'll probably laugh. This is your climate. Yeah, we love July. July 4th is like when the weather gets beautiful here in the Northwest. So we love it. We're like, oh, it's shorts weather. But for you from Miami, (laughs) I'm just thinking. I was going to save some of this for for when we get into talking about the, the actual stops. But just put just sum this up for a kid from Miami who at that point in time had never seen snow and hasn't seen snow since. <laughs> I, I, I always mention this. I think this is important to just give you a feel of the land of wh- where, where I'm coming from. It was it was cold. Um, you know, it's summer. My hoodies don't come out until, you know, maybe December, January, February. Well, my hoodie came on that trip. Um, my <laughs> bathing suit, I think I brought one as a just in case you don't want to be stuck without one. It never got used, but I boarded that ship in like fleece shorts because I still didn't want to look like I was super cold, but I definitely had a jacket on, Uh, took it off for some pictures and then put it quite right back on because we wore matching shirts to board the ship. But it was cold. I would say the whole cruise was cold. Even the days in Vancouver were cold. Obviously, when you get into the um, the afternoons, the best thing to do is take layers. You know, I start to take off the hoodie and maybe just had a long sleeve uh, t-shirt underneath that so that it wasn't hot and I, I wasn't cold either. But the sail away party was pretty similar. There wasn't this, uh, all the splashing around and, and, and the whole desire to, to be in the pool. The, the, the tone of, 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 the, of the cruise itself was very much a, a warm, bundled up, cozy feeling, which I won't lie for, for a kid who loves the Caribbean, who grew up on the ocean and in the waters a lot. I really enjoyed it. It was it was nice to experience a cruise where you really enjoyed the the, the ship and, and the inner parts. And there was no, uh, I got to get in the pool. I got to get in the pool. I got to take advantage. I'm on vacation and I brought on my bathing suits. There was no pressure or stress to do all that. It was just nice to to do all of the, the fun stuff on the ship. Did it make the ship feel more crowded? I, well, maybe I should ask the question. Did it make the ship feel more crowded or were other people using the pool deck? So it did spread out the crowds a little bit because I could just see if the pool deck was just going kind of not really used, you're pushing a lot of people into interior spaces. And so I'm just curious how it felt on board. I don't remember it being crowded. And I'm not someone who, who's a big fan of crowds. And I think that's, I feel that by design, the, the, cruise, the, the Disney cruise ships are built to be, um, to prevent large crowding. And I'm thinking back even on uh, Glacier Day, um, which I believe was technically the first stop Everybody's at the the front of the ship trying to, to get pictures of the glacier. And I still don't remember it very crowded at all. If anything, I think people were, you know, because a lot of people do just enjoy the view, the sights and, and sounds from their their verandas. But I think people just spread out through all the decks and they're all, they, they all just pick a different part of the deck and, and enjoy the sights and sounds from there. Willie, when you were talking about watching the glacier, it just uh, sparked a question for me, which was, what was your stateroom? Were, were, were you in an inside stateroom or what, what kind of stateroom did you have? Yeah. So my mom did a lot of research going into this cruise. um, And you have to balance a few things with an Alaskan cruise. The excursions are are a lot more expensive and we can get into those, the the excursions we did in a little bit, but 
one of the excursions that my parents asked us all, and we were all unanimous in what did you want to, what do you want to do? What is a must do on this cruise? And we all said dog sledding. So that was, was very expensive. And so to, to, to make everything possible, uh, my mom did a lot of research about an inside cabin. And I believe for that cruise, we were on deck too. Her conclusions from all the research, it's great to have a veranda, no doubt. You can just go right onto your veranda and take in all the sights and sounds from your balcony, you know, enjoy breakfast and, and coffee. But you, you, you don't necessarily need it. You can, you can go up to the decks where they're having all the, like all the events and kind of taking all the sights and sounds from there as well. And never, like we mentioned earlier, never feel crowded. So we made the call to just kind of offset some of the cost of the excursions by going into an inside cabin on, on deck two. And I thought it was great. For me, a cruise is really just, just being on board. I will, I will stay anywhere in any of the rooms. Um, I've stayed on in verandas, uh, on deck seven, on deck six, on deck two. I truthfully have no preference. So um, we stayed deck two. It was great. We didn't feel like we missed out on anything. Nice. And what was it like to view the glaciers up on the deck with others? Did you feel like you had the space to do it? Like you could really get good views of it? Because I think, you know, people always say, well, when you go to Alaska, make sure you get the veranda because you're going to do all this like sightseeing and stuff. Did you feel like you couldn't partake in the sightseeing in any way or you felt pretty good about it? Not at all. We, we, we saw everything and you're there for so long and it does get chilly for me, at least for my family. It got chilly. I remember having to go back down to my stateroom and grab an extra layer and then a, a beanie to cover my ears because it gets very chilly. But no, we didn't we didn't miss out on anything. There are no crazy lines. Everybody is spread out nicely and, and just enjoying the views. And one really cool thing that, that you don't necessarily get on the, on the Caribbean cruises is they actually bring out their characters in their Alaska gear and the back, they don't have a backdrop. The backdrop is the glacier. And so <laughs> we have pictures with, um, I believe it's the Fab Five that we took as a family, um, they kind of just rotated over the course of an hour. The Fab Five came, you took a picture with um, the glacier in the backdrop, and then they would leave. And then we would just keep enjoying the glacier as we waited in between. So no, we spent a good amount of time, you know, just admiring the glacier. Yeah, I didn't feel like I missed anything. I wonder if that means you took less pictures inside, like in the atrium. I feel like a lot of people, you know, that's where on Caribbean cruises, most of the pictures with the Fab Five are in the atrium area, right? Like either on deck um, three or on deck four at the balcony area. But it sounds like on this cruise, you're probably taking a lot more pictures up on deck because you have this amazing natural landscape to, to sort of highlight. And those are the pictures you'd probably want to post after your trip on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or wherever you might post your pictures. Yeah. So that was actually just taking a step back. My mom is one of her, one of her main rules is everyone is on time, ready for pictures before dinner. My mom is huge on the picture package. I love it. Love your mom. Yeah. She pre-purchases the picture package. Only rule is you are ready before dinner on time, dressed in all the outfits we've brought on the cruise for picture time. We take, we have dinner together and then my siblings go off to their respective um, uh, kids clubs. There were a lot more character pictures on the actual decks outdoors. And there was a lot more of self photography of us taking pictures of all the sites. So yeah, I would say we all have shared albums that we collect from every cruise. The Alaska one is is definitely the, the largest of the shared albums from the amount of different scenery that for most of us was the first time we'd ever seen anything like it. And how many nights was this cruise? I forgot to ask you that question at the start. It was it was seven nights. So I think when we first started the process, we were between the nine night or the seven night over July 4th. And we, we ended up with the seven night over July 4th. The nine night, I believe, was right after. It looks like your cruise stopped at, well... Ports were uh, included were Dawes Glacier, which I know some of these are just your sailing by Skagway, Juno, Ketchikan. Let's start with Dawes Glacier. That's a cruising day, right? You're basically cruising through the glacier. You're not actually stopping anywhere, or did you actually have a port stop? So it's it, it technically is a port stop. It's pretty cool how it's done. So they you kind of pull into the glacier and you can kind of see it coming. You know, it's just a big ice wall up ahead. And then what they do is they bring in the cruise ship and they park it on one side. And so that everybody whose stateroom is on that side can see it. And then about a um, couple hours in, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure the time frame. They, they rotate the ship so that the other side can see it. So you're there cool. for quite a bit. Yeah, it's really cool. But during that time, there's actually small little boats that'll come and do pickups. Uh, think of a tender. Um, I can't remember which island in the Caribbean does tenders to the actual island. But think about a tender. They bring up a boat to the Wonder and you have, to pay, you have to pay for that excursion. You jump on that little boat and you get even closer to the glacier in this smaller little vessel. So it's technically a port day because you can, can get off the ship and, and jump on another smaller vessel. 
That's really cool. But yeah, you don't you don't get off the smaller vessel. Um, you just get much, much closer to the glacier, right? On the smaller boat. Cool. Probably some really great pictures to be had there too. There's there's only one set of pictures, which my mom took it's her favorite family picture to this day, um, that happened at one of the ports where we did the dog sledding, and I can't remember which one I'm trying to look for. But the dog's glacier pictures, that's the ones with the Fab Five with the backdrop. It's it's beautiful. And and is there what kind is the only excursion offered kind of getting off on the boat to get closer to the glacier or were there other excursions uh, that you could you could book you know brian i think that was the only excursion all right and then you head over to what was your next port was it skagway i honestly can't remember the without having the itinerary right in front of me well i've got you covered here willie so okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> no worries so it looks like your next port stop was the day after. Was it Skagway? What'd you do in Skagway? I'm drawing a blank as to which port was which, but I'm looking through pictures now as we speak. Skagway, we did some, let's call them golf carts, some rugged off-terrain golf carts. <laughs> uh, these little Kawasaki Ninjas type vehicles. And so they look like just like a golf cart, but they have all this uh, heavy traction tires. And we kind of rode up through, through the mountains. I remember this day was one of those days where as the day went on, it got a little warmer. So that was nice. And we kind of interacted with the wildlife and you ride up through the mountains and, and you get kind of a, you got, get little stops here and there where you get off with the tour guide and they kind of point things out on the trail. Um, so it's kind of like hiking, but in a, in a nice off-terrain vehicle. And then you stop at a cabin in, in the mountains for a little lunch break. So they, they cook the food there and, and then they serve everyone. And then you basically uh, jump back in your your off-terrain vehicle and and head back down to the base for the end of the excursion. So it was really a uh, a lot of sightseeing and, and seeing different um, landscapes and, and natures. Because truthfully, I had never been in in like a mountain setting. I know it's shocking that being from Miami, you'd never see a mountain, but <laughs> but that was our first time. That's so cool. Yeah, it sounds like I know one of the things that one of the highlights for a lot of people for Alaska is the wildlife. It sounds like from other folks we've talked to have been on Alaska on an Alaska cruise. Disney brings on some, I think I call them naturalists to talk about, you know, what are the different things you're going to see at each port, like what kinds of wildlife you might see at each port or on some of the excursions. Did you attend any of those, um, uh, I don't know, lectures or, or whatnot on board? And those, I know those are some of the sort of different things that are offered on an Alaska cruise as opposed to obviously a Caribbean. Yeah. So th there's definitely a, a lot, a lot of offerings for, you know, learning about the the different stops we're going to in the nature and the wildlife. I didn't attend any of the onboard offerings. Our interactions was mostly in our excursions. And we did some tours in our excursions that we'll get through as we get to, to each different port stop. But it, unlike a, a Caribbean cruise, you do have a lot of emphasis on the pres preservation of, of nature and the respect for the nature and, and the surrounding settings that you're in. One of the, the biggest impacts you feel that's different from any other cruise you'll take with Disney is, you know, there are no fireworks um, when you're out in Alaska. And one of the biggest reasons is the preservation of, of nature. Yeah. I, I think there's also... I will say for listeners out there, we have heard repeatedly that Alaska cruises tend to offer a lot more different kinds of port adventures and a lot more active port adventures than you might find in the Caribbean. You know, just looking at Skagway, for instance, you know, a sampling here, they've got an adventure park with zip lines, canoeing, kayaking, snowshoeing, hiking, horseback riding, you know, juxtaposed with things like glass blowing, gold panning, a heli hike. Uh, the Alaska, you're going to find lots of ability to do heli helicopter adventures. A Klondike campfire breakfast is something that they, they offered. Dog sledding, you're going to see quite a bit. The train, I've heard a lot about, sort of taking the train from the different ports and being able to kind of see the wilderness by a train. It's, it's a lot about the outdoors. Uh, a lot more active port adventures that are offered along with some, you know, more traditional tour type port adventures. And the other thing I'll say is, oh man, get ready for these port adventures to hit your pocketbook. These are some of the most expensive port adventures you are going to find, especially when you're talking about glacier discovery by helicopter is $409 for ages 10 and up. Right. Per person, per person. Yeah. Yeah. Dog sledding, $739, ages 10 and up, 619 for your two to nine-year-olds, and 619 if you want to bring your baby along. So lots of stuff to do here. I know Sam and I have shied away from doing the Alaska cruise until our son is a little older because there's a lot more activity and the things that we want to do with him are probably going to be more active. So just prepare yourself for some more activity. Or you can do more activity and the cost of these port adventures tends to be, I think, a little bit more on the expensive side. But 
I think one of the things that, you know, Willie pointed out is, you know, if your your port excursions are going to to cost maybe as much as your cruise costs. And so that may be the reason why you choose a, a different kind of stateroom. If even if you're someone who normally in the Caribbean you like a veranda or an ocean view, it might be that just to afford the cruise, you're in a, you might need to do an inside stateroom. It's also, I think, another reason why people consider cruising not on Disney in Alaska to be perfectly blunt, because the cruise is very expensive. Now it doesn't matter if you're on Royal or Holland or Norwegian or whatnot, the excursions are going to cost just, you know, that same exorbitant amount of money because they are these kind of premier expensive excursions in Alaska. So that's not really going to be a difference. But if there's a big difference in the in the price of the cruise, you know, that's something people should consider. Well, you mentioned the fireworks. Uh, I know on your Skagway night, it was the frozen day at sea. And so what was that deck party like? It's really cool. It's it's very unique. It's very different. And I think the best part about it is, is that night was cold. So you really felt it. You really did feel like you were in that frozen wonderland. You know, think of all the things we love about the Disney deck shows, regardless of which ones they are, the ones in the Caribbean with the fireworks. Think about all the, the lighting effects and all the singing and all the dancing and all that. And then just put it into a frozen theme. And, and then you have the mountains going by. And one of the biggest things about Alaska, and I'm looking at pictures here and I was reminded by it, we took a picture about, I don't know, 11 p.m. Sun was perfectly out, perfectly out. And so while it might be a seven o'clock deck show, eight o'clock deck show, the sun is still out perfectly around you. And so you're still able to see and enjoy the, the mountains go by you as, as you're enjoying this frozen show. So it, it was it a was unique show, definitely a lot of fun. And, and you definitely feel like you're in that element because it definitely is cool. Did they have like buffet or anything like that beyond the show? Like I'm thinking about Pirate Night. There actually was for a long time a Pirate Night buffet. Did, was there any, anything special in the evening? Was it beyond the show? So that's the one thing about this show is it's between the two dinner seatings. So it was right around the 7.30 to 8 o'clock hour. It wasn't, it wasn't post-dinner like the Pirate Show. So the buffet, the, the buffet normally opens right after the Pirate Show fireworks end, which is usually after the second dinner seating. This show, uh, when we watched it, was between the dinner seatings. Do they do hot chocolate outside? Oh yeah, that's that's one of the cool touches about the um the the, the Alaska cruises is there's hot chocolate throughout the ship. I think right as you're entering the cabanas area, there's even hot chocolate stands. You don't necessarily have to go inside. I even got to try at the time a uh, a mold wine. I had never heard of it. It's basically like a, a a hot wine. I wasn't a fan of it, but I got to try it, and it was pretty cool. It came with a nice little Alaska souvenir uh, coffee mug, which I still use or I was using when I was going into work to take my coffee with me. But you do get a lot of those um, cool little hot chocolates, mold wine, the coffee, uh, the, the coffee place on board. It's definitely a lot nicer to enjoy a nice coffee on the deck when it's cool outside. So it, it just it helps with all the, the, the elements. Willie, did you have first dinner seating or second? And the reason I ask for listeners is because Alaska also has another unique kind of aspect to it, which is that the cruise tends to pull into ports earlier. And so as I'm looking at your cruise itinerary specifically, Willie, it looks like, you know, Skagway was 7.15 a.m. port call to 8 p.m. So an early day and a long day to be in port. And then Juneau was 6.45 a.m. port call to 4.45 in the afternoon. So, you know, most of the time the ship will pull into port at about, you know, nine o'clock in the morning or eight thirty in the morning and then still leave at four forty five. So these are longer port days and they're earlier port days. So which which dinner seating did you have and did that affect how early you wanted to get off for some of these port adventures? So we've we've always had the the, the second dinner seating, the eight fifteen. We find the five forty five a little too early for us. So we like to eat, to do the eight the eight fifteen on, on all all of our cruises. But you know what, to, to your point, the, the days were longer. You're okay with that because you go into this cruise knowing that this cruise is very much about the the excursions. And so it, it, it was awesome. I think there were a couple stops there where we didn't get back on board till like six or seven. And it was really much get on board, go to the room, shower and get ready for, for pictures and then dinner. Yeah. I mean, if you had the earlier dinner seating, you might have actually missed dinner a couple nights. And I guess you could have gone to Cabanas or something, but you would have missed main your main dining with those board excursions. Your next port, Willie, was Juno. What did you do in Juno? 
So this one, I have no trouble remembering. This is the the highlight of the trip. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have a picture there that is to this day my mom's favorite. This was also a lot of the budget for the trip. This was the dog sledding. And so in Juneau, we, we get off and we take a bus to a uh, small little helicopter airport. So only helicopters there. We get into our gear because um, you do get dressed into, into different uh, snow gear, you know, boots, pants, jackets and such. Then we boarded the helicopter. And was that supplied by the tour operator, Willie, or was that something you had to bring with you? No, no, no. It was it was supplied. It's all it's all there. It's all kept there. And so um, you basically go through so a little bit of training regarding the, the the attire that you're about to put on, the rules when you get up to to the glacier, boarding the helicopter, uh, safety rules because there is a lot of safety rules when you get into the helipad area. And so you do a little bit of a safety training, maybe 15 minutes. Then you proceed to go and get your gear on, and then you line up with your group. And so our group was able to stay together as a fa- our family. Five of us fit in the helicopter. So think about a car with an extra seat, an extra middle seat in the front. So three people in the back, three people in the front. So it was the five of us and the air pilot. I am someone who is petrified of heights. And I can tell you that even on this, I was, you're so amazed at what you're seeing that the fear was like not, not existent. Once the helicopter took off, you go, you transition from being above the little airport to being in over the mountains with the valleys that are all green to all of a sudden those, those that greenery turns into white and you start to see mountain uh, with the snow caps to all of a sudden everything around you is white and you you land on a glacier. And so for, like I mentioned before, for a kid from Miami who'd never seen snow and all of a sudden you land right smack on a glacier and there's snow everywhere. Um, and you roll your first snowball. It was it was pretty cool. And my siblings had never seen you snow at that point either. So we then get off the helicopter and we then go to meet the, the dog trainers and you get to meet all the beautiful dogs that are up there. And um, one of my family's favorite moments from that trip is one of the dogs actually, um, he had peed on my leg. Um, so, <laughs> luckily I had the gear on. <laughs> and so it didn't so it get on me. Clothes. No, no, no. But it was kind of funny because you just sit there and you let him finish, but it, it, it was funny and everybody's cracking up laughing. What I will say about the dog sledding is it's only four people per sled. So I did get split up from my family and I was with another family, but they were great. They were, they, they took me in as their own and they, they were, they were really kind. So it was the eight of us up there it was a family of three and our family of five. It, it really is what, what it is, what, what they say it is you, you get on a sled, there's a seat. There's four seats. And so all four riders get to kind of rotate. There's one seat where you stand or or maybe two seats where you stand, one person who stands up and kind of does the navigating in the back. And so I kind of got to do that twice, which is obviously fun because there was a a little boy in our group. And so he didn't want to do that part. So I think he sat twice and then his parents did did the standing behind us. And so the trainer does lead the sled. And that the dogs really do pull you, and, and it's 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 incredible. I I don't know that I'll ever do anything that cool again, but it was just incredible to to be you know to take the helicopter to see the sights to to land on the glacier. One of the craziest parts is that glacier was not cold. You know, we had our layers on, and I quickly was down to my, my brother. He was down to a t-shirt, and I was down to just a long sleeve t-shirt I had on. I'd taken everything else, all the other layers that I had on off because it, the sun is shining and it wasn't that cold, which was shocking, but it was just so much fun to, to, to be up there and, and get to like dog sled, you know, that stuff you only really see in movies. And, you know, my parents will tell you it was, it was you know, a little bit expensive and the excursions in Alaska are expensive, but it was, it was worth it. We have so many great pictures and memories from that. Oh, that's a once in a lifetime. I, I really, that's the one thing I really want to do in Alaska too. So I'm super jealous, Willie. I, I totally want to do that. Well, and to, to your point about the temperature, Willie, I, I went on a fishing trip to Alaska with my father many or decades ago now, but it can get warm in Alaska. So you, you do kind of want to check the weather forecast as you're leaving home to make sure you're not packing winter weather gear because it can, you know, it was got up into the 80s and 90s when we were fishing in Alaska. So yeah, it, it, it can be pretty variable. Layers are a must. You could see all four seasons in a day. It was, I guess the, the, the shocking part for us was that we were seeing less layer type up on top of the glacier. I would have anticipated, you know, when we get back, um, we'll take off our layers and, and, and be, it'll be a little warmer then. But when it was the fact that it was warmer while we were in snow per se on a glacier, which is supposed to be one of the coldest parts of, of the world. Well, what I'm curious about too, so on your Juno evening, it's noting here on the navigator that I see a Pixar Pals party. Did that happen? Do you remember? 
That did happen, but I think it was more like a dance party. It was a dance party in the lobby atrium. And so it was it was pretty cool. It really is a, a collection of the different uh, Pixar pals. So I think from what I remember, I definitely remember Woody. So little side story. The first movie my mother ever took me to to see in theaters was um, Toy Story when I was when I was a little boy. It was just her and I. And to this day, that, that movie is very special to us. So anytime I see Woody parks, cruises, I force her to take a picture with me. Oh, that's really cute, Willie. Oh. So he was there. So I do remember him. The craziest part about this cruise was, I mentioned we left on June 30th, which was the opening of Toy Story Land. So that kind of pulled at the heartstrings. I couldn't be there for the opening of Toy Story Land, but good reason. We were on one of our best cruises. But I think Sully, Boo, The Incredibles, I think both Mrs. Incredible and Mr. Incredible were there. A few a few different Pixar characters were, were there and, and they kind of they do a little show and, and a little dancing and then they come out into the crowd and they it's mostly geared to the kids. They dance with the kids, but it's just another one of those onboard entertainments that that you get that you normally wouldn't get in the Caribbean cruises. So Willie, you rounded out your port stops here with a stop in Ketchikan. What did you do in Ketchikan? What was it like? Ketchikan was pretty cool. We saw one of the wildest things we've ever seen to this day, which was um, an actual live bear. There aren't very many of those in Miami. <laughs> so I'm going to paint the scene. We're kind of, it's not really your traditional beach, but it is, is is a beach, but instead of sand, it's like all rocks. There are fishermen out there fishing into into the water. And what we, our excursion was basically, uh, we got into a kind of like a Hummer with a private tour guide and it took us around the island of Ketchikan and showed us different sights and sounds. And so one of our first stops, and this was shortly after her giving us a lecture about bears and bear safety, we pull up to this beach and the next thing we know, coming out of the woods is a bear. He approaches the fishermen. Um, they had left their lunch boxes behind them, and then they went to go fish. And so this bear gets into the fisherman's cooler lunchbox and proceeds to pull out a bag of Tostitos chips. You could see it clearly what it was. And he, like a human being, sticking his paws in there and stuffing his face. And we all remember laughing and taking pictures. And you can, when you zoom in on the pictures, because he was so far from us, you can see his little snout is all like yellowish from all the chip crumbs. It is priceless. It, he devoured the bag. He tore up the cooler. And then he just, he just went back to the woods. And we kind of got in the car and we kind of followed him from a distance going through some back roads where you could still see the woods. And so, you know, we met a bear. We saw some some bald eagles, never before seen one of those. And we took different stops at some different nature trails that, that the tour guide kind of had planned for us. And it was just a lot more sightseeing and seeing different scenery, encountering different animals that you normally wouldn't. So, so it was really, it was really cool. We got a little bit of everything on this trip. Uh, you got the mountains, um, the wildlife, the animals, um, and then of course the snow and the glaciers. Yeah, it's funny. I um, when we took our fishing trip to Alaska, we had a bush pilot who flew us out to kind of a gravel airstrip so we could go fishing along a riverbank. And when we got out of the plane, he saw this little Inuit boy, kind of you know, it was a guide running down the path, and you know, bouncing off of his chest was a pepper spray canister. <laughs> And our bush pilot, by the way, had a Colt 45 long barrel strapped to his hip. And when we asked about the gun, he had said, well, you know, it's for the it's for the bears. And he said, but if you see me pull this out, you better run the opposite direction because this is just going to stun him for a few minutes. Right. And uh, and and then when he saw the Inuit boy running by with the pepper spray bouncing off of his chest, he said, well, it's really nice of him to bring condiments for the bears. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, seeing a live bear. Would be fascinating, but also I would, I think I might be scared. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I prefer to watch Bears, the Disney nature film. <laughs> it, it was definitely pretty cool to, to see him from how far we were because you knew you were safe and she did have her bear spray with her. She, you know, the tour guide, you felt safe with the education she had provided and, and all the gear she had and, you know, the lessons she gave us. And it was just funny how she gave us all that talk and then we see the bear. She did, you know, try to tell us, hey, stay near the car. Don't go too far in case you do need to get back in the car. and We need to get out of here. Felt safe. Nonetheless, it was cool seeing the bear from that type of distance. Well, Willie, any highlights from the cruise that we haven't touched on before we, with a tear running down our cheek, head back to Vancouver? <laughs> you know, one of the things, this was the first cruise that this happened on. Up until that point, all our cruises were, you go to Castaway and then we're very much, we don't get back on board to like the last tram. So that 445 tram, that's where you find our party. Uh, getting back on board. But then, you know, you have to rush to pack, get your suitcases out. So what I liked about this cruise is the last day was a sea day. And so it was just one more day to, to take in the ship, really enjoy, um, watch some movies, watch some shows, um, not feel stressed to go pack. You know, I think I woke up early that day, packed up all my stuff and then just said the rest of the day is mine on board the on board the Disney Wonder. And so I really enjoy that type of layout, you know, having a sea day at the end of the trip to kind of enjoy and, and do any last minute things that you might have missed out on. But one of the things I also liked about this cruise was 
it was a perfect, and I mean absolute perfect blend of getting off the ship, enjoying the excursions, but also the onboard activities. We had so much fun in the the, the adult clubs at night for my parents and I attending all the shows there. The adult club host was, was fantastic. He's one of our favorites that we've ever cruised with. So it, it was just really unique, really, really fun. And it was just nice to enjoy that last day. Well, Willie, we, uh, as I said, with a tear streaming down our cheek, head back for Vancouver. How was, uh, how was disembarkation in Vancouver for you? Pretty seamless. It's probably the most seamless. Like you don't leave, or better said, when, once you leave the actual exit of the terminal, you're right into cabs. The way that they have the cabs kind of just there in rotation, ready to take the next family. Because unlike at Port Canaveral, where you have the Disney buses and a plethora of transportation in the parking garage, most people here are relying on, on, on cabs to take them or some sort of bus to take them back to an airport or a hotel. So we literally got right into a cab, put our luggages in. Um, again, we needed two cabs and then we went right back to the Westin to, to check in for, for the day. But this was the summer right after our 10-night cruise. And so one of the best things that happened on that 10-night cruise was that my mom came to the realization that our summer vacations needed to be 14 nights, at least not seven nights. So <laughs> we had the two nights before the cruise. We had the seven nights after. So we're about nine. So I think we had another three or four post-cruise in Vancouver. So vacation wasn't over, which did help with the, the whole disembarkation process as well. Well, Willie, this sounds like an amazing cruise. Sam, is there anything we didn't ask Willie about his Alaska cruise that you wanted to hear about? Well, I, the only thing I wanted to know was uh, which shows did you have on board at the time? I'm going to be honest. I'm not much of a, a showgoer. So so I can't I can't remember without seeing the, the itinerary. I will tell you the most memorable show was Tiana in Tiana's restaurant. The show was amazing. Tiana was amazing. She comes by to all the tables. The beignets. I don't remember what I ate for dinner that night, but I will tell you, I remember what I ate for dessert and the beignets were amazing. Um, and you have the whole cast of, of the Tiana film in the show. So that was one of the best dinner shows. That's so that's all I have. Um, before we move to rapid fire, Brian, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? No, let's head to rapid fire before, before we talk for another hour about Alaska, which <laughs> we could easily do. So Sam, take it away for rapid fire. Yeah. So Willie, I know that you've listened to our show, but this is my favorite part of the show, Rapid Fire, where I ask you what your favorites are. And the only rule of Rapid Fire is there are no rules of Rapid Fire. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Uh, Woody. Oh, nice. And your favorite <laughs> Disney or Pixar movie? Toy Story. <laughs> what about your favorite Disney song? I would say you got a friend in me. Yeah, oh, I love it. Stick it with the theme. Stick it with the Toy Story theme. Consistency. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship? The next ship I'm on. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, love the one you're with. Yeah. But actually, um, it's probably the Fantasy, my first one, and the newest one. You know, after this week, it very well could be the Wish, but we'll see. Yeah. Your favorite Disney Cruise Line port. So it's got to be Castaway. Castaway in general is my favorite place on earth. Love Castaway. I feel like everybody also picks Castaway. So non-Castaway port, I would say Falmouth, Jamaica. Ooh, cool. That's one we haven't been to. All right. What is your favorite onboard food? There's a couple. Um, the first one that comes to mind are the black truffle presets at Animators. I love those. I also love the cookies and cream sundae which is also a dessert at Animators. And then I, I remember on our last cruise, and it was Rebecca's first, you can only for some reason get this on the first lunch at Cabana's. It's a cookies and cream cheesecake. And I told her, stock up on these. We're not going to see them again after today. And sure enough, we never saw them again after that first day. All right. What is your favorite rotational dining? I think it's got to be Animators. It's, it's just such a fun experience. Your favorite onboard activity? I'm a huge fan of trivia at O'Gill's Pub all of them. I try to make it a point. And there's a lot of times where I will go into this and say, I have no idea what I'm picking here. I have no idea what the, I couldn't even guess this even closely, but it's just so much fun. And again, it goes back to the host. The host can, you can go over 20 on the questions, but the host could have made it a memorable time. So I love just, you know, especially going to O'Gills, they do move it around. Um, but I love the feel of O'Gills pub and just doing the different trivias on board. Well, you do the Disney and the non-Disney, like the music and all that stuff too? Oh yeah. All the ones I can make. 90s music, 80s music, 70s music, uh, movies, TV shows, Disney, all of them. Your favorite part of the ship? Favorite part of the ship? I would probably say O'Gills. Um, if not O'Gills, maybe like the main club on, on each of the, the ships because they're different where all the night activities occur. 
like the tube and evolution. Yeah, the tube. Exactly. All right. Favorite itinerary that you have been on? Yeah. So my family's is the the Alaska one. It's my second favorite. My favorite is the uh, 10 night Southern Caribbean. That one was just the perfect length. I actually met a friend that, from that cruise that I'm still friends with today that was also from Miami. Um, our, our families, you know, they, they hit it off pretty well. It was just, just a phenomenal cruise. Okay. Now, last question. You probably know this is coming because I asked this question to almost everyone, but your bucket list cruise. Yeah, it would definitely it would definitely be a world cruise, similar to the castaway question. You know, my favorite part is castaway, but to give that that the the other right answer is um it would be a cruise where it would start off as as a DVC trip in at Alani and then we would board Hawaii and maybe do five nights around the Hawaiian Islands and then five nights at sea, which they kind of do offer something like that. But I think it returns to either San Diego or Vancouver. I would possibly have it return closer to Anaheim, LA area. So then we could cap it off with a little Disneyland. Oh, I love it. I'm going on that trip. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Well, Willie, it has been great catching up with you about your Alaska cruise. And I know we've got plans to have you back for some other topics in the future, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with us today. Oh, thank you both for having me. It was really great having Willie on the show this evening. It was fun to hear how Disney Cruise Line literally changed his life at the beginning of the show and then to hear all about his Alaska cruise. I know we cannot wait to sail to Alaska. We're going to give it a shot, I think, in 2023, but on Norwegian. Uh, We are looking forward to trying out Disney, but we decided to start off with Norwegian because they sail out of Seattle, which is our hometown, so it's hard to pass up. But very much looking forward to experiencing Alaska on board a cruise ship and very thankful for Willie coming on to share his experiences. We're looking forward to having him back and and his partner, Rebecca, have a show recorded with Rebecca actually coming out as a bonus episode here soon. But uh, yeah, look forward to having them both back on at some point to talk about sailing out. The ships are sailing again. Breaking news today was that the Dream is doing its simulation cruise this Saturday, tomorrow. So big step to return to sailing in the United States on board Disney Cruise Line. With that, I do want to read one of our five-star reviews on the air again this week. This one comes from Blazer Fan Cindy, who writes, Great Disney podcast. I enjoy listening to Brian and Sam and their guests each episode. I listen to a lot of Disney-related podcasts, and although the DCL duo is one of the newest, it's become one of my favorites. Brian and Sam work well together and brought their podcast to a high level quickly. It's a joy to listen to each time. Well, thank you, Blazer fan Cindy. Dare I say Cindy? I don't know if the Blazers there means Trailblazers, but I was a big fan of them when I lived down in Portland as well. But if not, uh, thank you anyway for the review. We really appreciate it. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening again this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews. We love to read them on the air and we love getting listener feedback. So head over to Apple Podcasts podcast, leave us a review, leave us a written review. We love to see those. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. Or you can head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dclduo for even more great content. We do have some video content planned for upcoming travels and some other projects. So head over there, subscribe, see the video content that we're going to be producing. You can also help support the show by browsing over to touringplans.com slash travel and getting your free quote on a fabulous Disney Cruise Line cruise or Disney World Adventure, really any land or sea-based vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. You can also browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our support tiers if you'd like to support the show directly. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about Disney Cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.